0: now it's time for our regular sports show, Game of Two Halves, every Monday at 5.15pm where we host the sports podcasters from The Straits Times. I'm Rachel Kelly and with me today are ST sports correspondent Sazali Abdulaziz, sports reporter Kimberly Quek and Dr. Sean Lin, a lecturer who will be teaching an unusual module at the NUS Geography Department next term. Hi everyone, thanks for joining us and welcome to the show, Sean. Yes.
1: Uh, Great to be here, thank you.
0: So Kim, last week you broke an interesting story about how the NUS Geography Department is having a module called Worlds of Football in the upcoming semester. Can you tell us a bit more about that?
1: So um, the Geography Department will be offering this module which will focus on the different aspects of football like finance and issues like inequality and racism. And this is a twelve lecture online course um, that will start when the new academic year starts next month. This is a general education module, which means that anyone can take it. Um, you know, don't have to be a student at the arts and social sciences faculty to actually uh, take this course. So, you know, even if you are from engineering or science, um, yeah, you're you're welcome to take it as well.
0: So, Sean, maybe you can tell us why did NUS come up with this idea? And what does the department hope to achieve?
1: I think the the main aim is to make geography more appealing to a wider segment of the uh, student population within NUS. Uh, we, I mean, most most departments, we we have an uh, obligation to to create um, and offer modules on, on on general education components, uh, be it Singapore studies or, or under human cultures uh, pillars. So the Department of Geography sees this as a good opportunity using a very uh, popular uh, topic uh, such as football, not just in Singapore but worldwide, to reach out to the NUS masses. So, so this is, is something that we, we could also attract more students uh, indirectly to, to major in, in geography, for example, and also to consider other Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences uh, modules.
0: And you know, it's interesting. So I was just having a conversation with one of my colleagues last week, and I won't say who, but he shared that he became acquainted with European geography thanks to the football teams that he followed. But maybe you can tell us, from your perspective, what does football really have to do with geography?
1: Football itself is is uh, spatial in, in one of its aspects. Uh, we don't we are not keen in a way to... It's not about a kind of a football management course. This is not about talking about football tactics, whether you play three-five-two or four-four-two. What we want to show is the relation that football has with uh, geography in three broad teams through regional you know, geographies, how football is being played, is being consumed, produced ac- uh, across the world. And you also have um, all the key second opponent, where you have the social geographies of football. where Rachel mentioned about the kind of the social issues in terms of de- dealing with race, uh, racism uh, ge- and gender inequalities. Uh, for example, why female mm. footballers are, are being paid, paid lesser. So these are the kind of issues uh, that we want to to bring across uh, the, the table. And, and last, in terms of a wider, bigger political economy aspect of, of football, is we think about the kind of the networks, the production and consumption or football, you could even think about labor issues. Like, for mm. example, when you know, I was a teenager playing football, you would be curious, sometimes the, the football will, that logo saying that it's made in Pakistan. It, it keeps you uh, thinking that you know, it was not just about things on the pitch, but how it could be linked to wider workplaces. And in, in terms of how uh, mega events could come together in terms of the World Cup, and also in terms of how finance, mm-hmm. uh, huge amounts of capital that could shape for example the English Premier League or even the lack of capital that we see happening across, uh, for example in Europe in the lower leagues. Uh, so these are these are the, the kind of the core issues we hope uh, to, to bring across to students to let them appreciate uh, how, how football has to, got to do with in, not just in terms of the uh, interest in following a particular club but also how it speaks to society and, and the state at large.
0: So really, macro issues through a football lens. And now, does one need to be a football fan to do well in this course? Then,
1: uh, no, no, definitely, definitely <laughs> not. As Rachel pointed out, that even non uh, non faculty of arts and social science students can can take this. This is a this is a module that is open across to different faculties. So if you have the points to to bid for the module. You, you will qualify to, to, to take it. But in, in a sense, if you are a football fan, uh, uh, you could be uh, maybe more inclined to find out more, to try to do well in the course. But even if you're not a football fan, the things that we're going to be taught where we try to educate the students, uh, it's not just football per se. It's football in relation to society, in relation to, to other wider topics of, of, of race, gender and, and, and the state. So this is this is something that that is made in a, in a way broad uh, and easy to, to digest and receive by the students.
0: Are you a big football fan, Sean? Uh,
1: yes, I have to confess I'm a <laughs> Liverpool football fan. Club. Oh,
0: Liverpool, I see. So good year for you. Do you wish that you would have this course when you were at university then?
1: Yes. In fact, actually, most of my schoolmates back then when we were undergraduates uh, from uh, 0- 07 to, to 2011, uh, they were you know, talking to me at all Facebook or messages that, how come this course was not offered in, in the past? It came too late. <laughs> uh, can alumni... Uh, can alumni sign up for it, and maybe that we could explore down, down, down the line. Mm. And, and 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 this is, I mean, in a way, as a student back then, you could see massive changes uh, in the football scene. And when we entered the 21st century, you see huge amounts of capital uh, being injected into to the football clubs. Uh, the rise of Chelsea, uh, uh, Roman Abramovich bought bought the club, and then subsequently Man City came into the picture. And beyond football clubs as well. You in during that period when I was an undergraduate from 07 to, to 20, 2011, there were there were key uh, events too. Where, if, for example, uh, South Africa uh, hosted the World Cup in 2010. In this sense, we you know it could be timely uh, where we could actually then relate to current events uh, back then. Uh, how you know it could be seen as a kind of a key identity uh, and economic shift football uh, that is beyond uh, Europe, you know, uh, for example, because 2002 World Cup was also co-hosted co- by Japan and South Korea, and then eight years later, you had it in South Africa. So in this context, as of now, as a lecturer now, uh, one of the five lectures for this course, this is something that we hope to to enlighten mm-hmm. students. You could see a bigger picture of it, not just the
2: football, not not 22 matches in the ball.
0: And what about you and Cezali and Kim? Is this something that you think you would have enjoyed?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, you know, if if you offered me this this course, uh, you know, uh, when I was studying, I'll bite your hand off. Uh, <laughs> you know, as Sean explained earlier, football in, in 2020 is, is really a, a fascinating piece. Mm. Uh, you know, you can look at it at so many angles, there's so many aspects of it you can uh, explore and study. I, I will say, even consumption of football is so diverse. You know, in Singapore now, obviously, uh, you know, EPL is king. The local league, uh, you know, has taken a back seat. But, you know, you just go back two or three decades ago... Uh, and Malaysia Cup was almost the be-all and end-all. It shifts, uh, you know, as as uh, Sean mentioned, you know, with, with societal changes and, and mm. all the different factors at play. So, yeah, to be able to study this and, and be immersed in football, for, you know, 24-7 would, would, would have been a dream for me.
0: We've reached the halfway point of the podcast. If you like The Straits Times Game of Two Halves, you can listen live on Money FM 89.3 from 5.15pm every Monday. Or you can subscribe to hashtag Game of Two Halves on the Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts. or Spotify and like us and give us a rating. So back to the second half of our conversation with our Straits Times sports podcasters, Sazali and Kim. Now Sazali, you had a very sad story last week when you revealed how Sportslink has been wound up. Tell us a little bit more about what happened.
2: I think a number of people uh, might have seen uh, the application by Adidas Singapore uh, for the winding up of Sportslink uh, in early June in the papers, I think it was shared, you know, by some Facebook accounts, you know, online, and this was the first real sign that, you know, Sportsling, you know, might have been struggling. I think because of, you know, the COVID nineteen situation, retail stores were closed, you know, to begin with. So I think, you know, it sort of flew under the radar, you know, you know, where people were, you know, didn't really have a clue that that, you know, certain. Uh, retail chains were, were in trouble or something like that. But so we reached out to both uh, Adidas and Sportslink, but you know both were not keen to comment. Uh, you know as, as the process uh, was ongoing, the winding up process was ongoing. Uh, but after the company was uh, you know officially liquidated on on July the third, uh, I was able to get in touch with uh, the liquidator appointed by the High Court, and he and he confirmed you know Sportslink's troubles. Uh, and you know he said they owed debts to. Uh, a substantial number of creditors, which include obviously Adidas, um, as uh, well as even staff who were owed uh, a month's uh, salary, and uh, we've since learned that you know the, the debt to Adidas is almost a um, million dollars uh, Singapore dollars, and and you know the total debt to all the creditors is reported to be uh, over three million Sing uh, dollars. So you know it, it's quite sad to see a, a a brand that's synonymous with so many. Uh, Singaporeans, uh, you know, sort, sort of, you know, uh, be in deep trouble like
0: this. Well, thank you for that date and recap of that breaking story, Cezali. Well, there goes the final whistle of our sports discussion for the week. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to us. And thank you once again, Sean, Cezali and Kim. It's been absolutely wonderful having you with us on the line. Thank thank you. You.